You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone. Today I have Adrian Quarles on the line. Now, if the name sounds familiar, it should, because he was on the podcast, what, three years ago now, back in 2020. And in that episode, we talked about overcoming homelessness and his journey, how we met, you know, all types of stuff. So go back and listen to that episode because it's really inspiring. Matter of fact, Adrian, I meant to tell you this before we went on, but I gave that episode to a few people that were experiencing homelessness and they were like, it was so impactful and so helpful for them. So I appreciate you. And I just wanted to let you know. Thank you for telling me that my head just got bigger and I just gained a few more gray hairs cause I feel wise now. You are very wise. So how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing, I am doing wonderful, you know, uh, I'm doing wonderful, and them words that you have just uh, sent my way, uh, 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 the words you just sent my way have increased, enhanced my wonderful feelings. So thank you for that, Tiffany. You have granted me greatness in the midst of my quarrelsness. See what I just did there? I see what you just did there. <laughs> so by the way, y'all, Adrian, he is a playwright and a poet, so he's very crafty with his words. <laughs> I try, I try. Um, Right. So, but for the purposes of this episode, though, I want to get into, because in the last episode, we talked about how you were producing plays, even in the midst of the pandemic. Um, you did some virtual plays, you did an in-person play, but I wanted to talk about how you were able to pull these off on a shoestring budget. Um, so if somebody's listening to us right now and they're like, oh my gosh, I want to get my story out there on the stage, but I don't have the money to do so. Uh, what are some tips and things that you did to make sure your uh, production got out there? All right. Well, um, I promise you, I'm not going, I'll try my best not to give the long answer, but kind of like the mid, well, it won't be mid, but nah, pretty much. Um, first of all, um, I'm going to reference a name that a lot of us know, Tyler Perry. I looked at how he went from sleeping in his car, being homeless and making different sacrifices to funding uh, the Medea plays that we've all come to know and some love, some despise, but you know, they were good. Um, and then I would, and then I would see people like uh, James Lyons, like Tamika Allen and others doing it more on a local level. So, so first you have that, first you have um, that you had the inspiration of actually seeing people doing it. And then um, and then I went by, I went with my growing, uh, theatrical, theatrical, um, repertoire, uh, resume, uh, experience. And while, um, and while growing like my theatrical resume, I would have conversations about, uh, what it takes to uh, put up a play with, like, I remember once having a conversation with a man by the name of Norman Ushery, who just passed away not uh, a couple weeks ago, rest in peace to him. And... I would, I would just like pay attention to some of the budget talks that were going on between the directors and the stage managers. And so, and so then I would like, I would like pay attention to the commentary about uh, Tyler Perry's, um, about how he produced, about how he produced his works. And one, one common out, one common trait with all of his plays is they all had a target audience. So, 
first thing first is you want to have a target audience. You know what I'm saying? Like if I were if I were to try and present like a super Afrocentric, Afrofuturistic play to kind of like a super conservative, super conservative uh, rural uh, population, I probably won't get that much turnout. You know what I'm saying? But if I were to like present it to um to a wide generational uh HBCU black church uh even black mosque audience I probably get I probably get a good turnout depending on how I market it so that's the first thing know you got to know your audience second thing find ways to find ways to uh save money to finance it like yo i got a friend by the name of uh keisha a dope actress dope poet uh she told she said on my podcast adq's renaissance she said on my podcast how she took a paper route to finance her play what fairy tale right so you so and tiffany you you decide you the side hustle queen right you have to have a side hustle along with your main hustle in order to finance it, because don't be out there looking for producers. I would say be your own producer. Because what does it take to produce stuff? Money. Take your money. Mm-hmm. Uh, get a side, get a side gig. Stack your paper. Like when I was like I, when I was putting together time, I was like making payments. I was stacking my paper and making payments, right? And uh, make sure. And by the way, make sure you get liability insurance. You want to make sure that if someone like if a roach. Like if a roach was to fall on someone's face, you know, that, that liability be taken care of or else that will bite you and you'll be hurt. Um, Not a roach on the face, though. That was the most <laughs> random thing I could think of. <laughs> Not a stub your toe, trip on the stage. Hey, these theaters, some of these theaters have roaches in them. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. It's like, yo, roach, do you want to part in the play? Otherwise, get away or else I'll kill you. Oh, that is funny. Okay, keep going. Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. But so um make sure to have your paper stacked up. You know what I'm saying? I would say to be on safe side, stack one a stack, two stacks, three stacks. Because not only do you want to finance be able to finance um the presentation of your play, the marketing of it, the liability insurance, you also want to pay your actors because I promise you. If you pay your actors, they will have a deeper incentive incentive to give a performance that will continue that will draw people right back to your play. It's something about it's something about them uh, dead slave owners on that green paper that motivates people. It makes them feel very much appreciated. So that's one. So and you will make sure you should make sure to do that. Make sure that your actors, those who are working up under you and working for you and working with you appreciate it now mm. while budget now also while budgeting making a budget you need to make a budget make a list of things that are going to cost money and how much they do cost because you know there are people who would be willing to promote your work on the podcast and a radio and on the radio station and on their web show or whatever and yet there's also people who you know you got to like go the payola route to pay to get something or advertisement on a, or advertisement uh in a major newspaper or a major or a major podcast or radio show some will do it for free just be friendly some will do it you know some will do it only if you only if you make only if you pay right um 
I will also say among the budget, look at look at how much you have to how much you have to actually spend on the play. Like, do you need these hundred dollar props, or can you get it, or can you get it with a even lower uh lower amount? Like, um, I recently directed a play called Here's Fluffy for the evening short plays uh downtown. And um, I was about to buy a $24 gas, I mean, $24, I mean, $12 of, um, a can of antifreeze because it fit within the play, right? But then I thought, how about we see if somebody might have an empty one laying around? And actually, I had a friend in Winston who did, and he got it, and he got it to the theater for me. That's how you cut, that's how you cut costs. You find ways to cut costs and try to present, make the most minimal, minimalistic uh presentation possible like um i was i think that the most expensive play ever on broadway is spider-man after dark right it bombed it bombed Mm. they did not make back the money that they spent on it so find ways to cut costs but i would say more than anything the most important i have all of that most important i have all that pay your actors pay your actors because it'll be actors who really uh, sell your play. Gotcha, gotcha. You you drop so many. <laughs> I'm like, where do I want to start first? I didn't so mean to I say think... all that. I'm sorry, you got me on the roll, yo. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it because I didn't even think, you know, just that little tidbit of, oh, I need an antifreeze container instead of buying one because people don't know if it's full or not. Let me just see if somebody has one sitting around, which I think I have one in my garage right now. So it's like, you know, just thinking about those little money saving hacks. uh, I think that's just genius. And I also wanted to hit on um, how you were saying that, you know, Cut your costs as far as expenses are concerned, but make sure you pay your actors. As a creator, I'm like, yes, please pay your people. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) If you take care of them, they will take care of you. And so I'm glad that you brought that up as well. And then I also wanted to go uh, talk about like venues, right? So how does that work? Like if I have a play that I'm trying to put on because I'm not privy to anything in this realm. Um, Yes, you are. Sorry, yes, you are. Go ahead. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let's stay there too. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay, okay. All right. With you saying that, how do you see that I am in this world? I'm just curious now. <laughs> okay, so here's how. First of all, Tiffany, um, I could tell that you have an affinity for the arts. Second of all, you're a speaker, right? Yes. Not only that, but you're a podcaster. So, you know, you're a podcaster, you're a speaker. So, um, you have been in, you have had to fill up rooms or build or, mm-hmm. or auditoriums filled with people to listen to you talk, um, espouse your, mm-hmm. um, your, ex, your finance, your economic expertise, right? Mm-hmm. What? I never is, thought about it like that. What is theater other than telling a story or, um, dis- distributing a certain narrative to a, to a number of people, right? That is what you are doing. You are giving, you are distributing a certain narrative that helps people think about life. That's what theater does. Good theater. Anyway, Um, it helps people think about life. People are looking at you. They are tuned into you, you and all your greatness. And they are watching you talk about your, talk about the wisdom that you have attained through your uh, 
hills and valleys of financial management over the years and they are watching you right that's what that's what theater is theater is people uh giving their hills and giving the hills and valleys of the character in the particular story and mm-hmm. and uh being affected and being affected one way or another yeah. I love that. I love that. See, okay, now you have me thinking about it different. So you are <laughs> performance artist. That's what you are doing. It's performance artist. Yeah, you're probably saying they're saying, well, you want to budget this and you want to look at your 401k in like three in like 30 years, this, that, and the third. Yes, but you are putting thoughts in a particular narrative into the minds, hearts, mm. and souls of those who are tuned in. That's why people love Tyler Perry's plays because a lot of them were Christian based and they were putting that particular narrative into, into people who were struggling in life in some sort of way. And people who are tuned into your messages are studying, are struggling in life in some sort of way. They need money management. That's why they're broke. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. So now that you say it like that, that makes complete sense. So even if you aren't like putting on plays or acting in plays or any type of stage thing, if you are a speaker, you are also in a theatrical performance. And I never thought about that. Uh, so thank you for broadening my view of what uh, theatric theater is. Uh, so, okay. I have now no that we got that out with granting you that. <laughs> All right, so now that we got that out the way, let's talk about um, my original question, which was going to be, how do you, so when you're approaching these venues, first of all, how do you find a venue to put your play on? Um, I would say that Google, word of mouth, they're your best friends. Like um, a lot of the local community theaters here in Greensboro and also in Winston-Salem are willing to like find a date in their performance calendar in which the, 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 the venue will not be used and they, and they're willing to book it out because yo, Tiffany theaters Mm -hmm. are broke. You will not, you will not make any money. Uh, if you're in theater to make money, you're in the wrong business. In fact, theaters can very much use your financial expertise. So they're looking for different ways to uh, to make money. And one way they can make money is by booking the, the is by renting the theater out. Now you may have a more difficult time renting out a college theater like like uh, over at UNCG or A and T or Winston State, but um, it is possible depending on the place. Like if you were to go to Community Theater Greensboro and say, "I want to rent your Star Theater." You can do that. You just gotta find a date when they're not when it's not in usage. Uh, if you go to um, if you go to Creative Greensboro and say I want to rent out the Stephen D. Hires Theater, you can do that. You just got it just gotta be a date when it's not in use. Find that date. Make sure to schedule your play around that date. Right. Um, if you're being if you're independent like I am, there's gonna be times when you may have to rehearse on Zoom, Google Hangouts, or or at the nearest coffee shop because you may not be able to rehearse at the venue because you got to spend a large amount of the budget on even booking out the venue for one, two, three nights. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, me, I, me, I booked out time, uh, over at call clue, multicultural center for one, for one night. Then like two, then like, uh, three months later, I did three nights as a part of the cast of Truman Capote's Holiday Memories over at the same venue. It was three nights. It was booked out by Triad Pride. So I would say in booking it, call them. Give them 
I would say call the theater, right? Call the artistic director uh, of, of the theater, whoever's running the theater, um, express interest in booking it, right? And make sure they have a plan of how you are going to how you are going to get seat get behind in the seats because I don't think any theater would be interested in uh, lending their their venue out to someone who is going to where it's just going to be um, the performers and the roaches if there are roaches. <laughs> um, Hey, you look around some theaters, you're going to see a popcorn kernel or two laying around, and there's going to be a La Cucaracha ready to, start, ready to eat it up. <laughs> but, a theatrical, but a theatrical venue would like to know your plan on getting people there, your marketing plan, and how you are going to pay it all off. Now, if you are able to pay it up pay it up front, great, great. Then you can worry about, uh, then you can worry about paying for the marketing, uh, paying the actors, and paying the liability insurance. But first thing first, make sure to have it in your budget to pay off the venue. And the venue are and if you have and if you can and if you could convince the venue that this is a winning production that's going to uh, draw money and draw interest into the venue because you are also because the venue is also marketing themselves in the play, right? Who knows? In the program of the play, you give a little shout out to you give a little, you give a little shout you could give a little shout out to the venue and somebody might go on the website of that venue and be like, okay, yo, what plays are going on here? Cause I'm seeing posters of this, that, and the third. So it's a partnership really. Mm, and I'm glad you brought that up because like, first of all, I didn't know how this works. Um, so I'm glad I asked the question, but looking at it in terms of a partnership. So when you approach the venue, they give you the price and then in some cases, they give you the option to pay it up front or you can pay it after the production. Do they ever no. also? Oh, go ahead. Nah, um, uh, sorry, sorry, but nah, you have to be, have it paid off by normally you have to pay it off within um, like uh, a week or two before the production. Ah, okay. Okay. So have you ever seen, and this is just my brain going, um, Good. <laughs> where when your theaters brain goes, will make money. Go ahead. <laughs> right. Um, have you ever seen where theaters will do like a percentage of ticket sales? Um, I've heard I've heard of that before. I haven't seen it personally, but um I have I have heard of that happening. Um yeah, I I, I can't think of I can't think of any uh time uh right offhand, but I know that, that happens. Like I know I, I, I do know that triad triad stage. Triad stage. Mm -hmm. That's not yeah, Triad Stage. I'm tripping. Triad Stage. Sorry, 37. <laughs> uh Triad Stage, um, their whole equity is based off of a uh percentage of the ticket sales um in their whole uh existence of a as a theater company, as a regional theater company. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that was just my brain going to see like because when you said a partnership, I'm like, oh well, are there other ways to like negotiate this if you don't have the money up front? You're like, hey, I know this is going to bring in a lot of people. I can maybe do half up front, and I could give you a percentage of the ticket sales, you know, I, <laughs> or what have you. I think, like I said, I know that there's theater companies who do operate like that. It just mm -hmm. depends on who. Um, so that so that notion wouldn't be far fetched, but I would imagine that if um, the theater company was going to cut a deal like that, it would it would have to be like 
a certain percentage up front, like 50, maybe 75% mm-hmm. percentage up front and um, of the ticket sales. Um, yeah, get, get a percentage of that. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, Adrian, we just scratched the surface, but you gave so many good tips. Of, and I especially love how you said in order to cut costs on um, actually practicing, doing it over Zoom, you know, just setting up somewhere in a public area and practicing. Um, I think that's definitely thinking outside the box. And we didn't even get to talk about how you put together plays that were actually given via Zoom, which I attended one. Um, but maybe I'll just have you again for the third time. <laughs> so hey, we I would, can I'll be totally cool that. with that. I would be totally cool with that. But um but I would say to you and to your all I would say to you and your listening all this audience, I would say that in any medium um that you possibly can, cut costs. Like I would say have a have a thrift store mentality. You go to the thrift store, you're gonna buy clothes that you will probably find at the mall for uh that costs like hundred dollars more. Have a thrift store mentality. What can you what can you purchase? What can how can you how can you contribute to the play without it costs you a whole a whole lot of money? Gotcha, gotcha. Thank you so much for that. And if you all are interested in learning more about Adrian um, and his podcast, which we didn't even hit on that either, he gives, um, it's all for creators and people that uh, make content. Uh, Matter of fact, just go ahead and tell us. Where we could find you if we were interested in. So if you wanted to wanted to find me, which uh, this is not to the stalkers out there, but if you wanted to find me, um, you can find me on YouTube. I got my own YouTube channel, Adrian Dion Quarles, A-D-R-I-A-N-D-I-O-N-Q-U-A-R-L-E-S. You can see films that I've acted in, poems that I put up, um, episodes of my podcast. And also, if you wanted to like, if you looked at my incredibly fat frame um, in my podcast and says, sheesh, I don't want to see this guy taking up all my uh, all my screen. I have all your episodes. Thank God I'm not that big anymore. But anyway, you can find all your episodes of my podcast, ADQ's Renaissance, on pretty much anywhere where podcasts are found. You know what I'm saying? All you got to do is just like type it in Google, ADQ's Renaissance. You will find it. We, uh, I'm on. I'm on. Uh, let's see, Spotify, Spotify podcasters, uh, Audible, Amazon, uh, Spreaker, uh, iHeartRadio. You know, I'm out there. I'm, I'm trying to be great like you, Tiffany. <laughs> Cut it out. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. And if you all didn't catch that, I'll have all those links that Adrian just said in the show notes. So check those out. A very dope brother puts together really good plays. Um, and I'm just excited that he was able to share his knowledge with you all today. So thank you so much, Adrian. Thank you for having me. I promise you, I am blushing like a Christmas light right now. Thank you. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at moneytalkwitht. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient.